Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Friday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Conan. Uh, Dennis Dick is with us, but he stepped away for a second. He'll be back with us in just a second. Uh, today will be an especially volatile day uh, in the markets. We, we know what to expect by now in terms of uh, coronavirus added volatility, but today is also a quad witch and the spies going X dividend. So we expect that could have uh, some ramifications in terms of volatility uh, at the open and at the close and really throughout the day. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about stocks that reversed yesterday. A lot of consumer staples names that we've been talking about reversed. Uh, Blue Apron is one we mentioned, gave it all back yesterday or at least a good chunk of their gains back. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll take questions from our chats and our guest today is Frank Holmes. He's the CEO and CIO of US Global Investors and uh, they are the proprietors of the Jets ETF, the airline ETF and the Go, Go Gold ETF, G-O-A-U. Uh, so we'll talk to Frank about the airlines and gold at 8.35. Uh, Joel, what's the word here in the overnight session? Uh, good morning, traders and investors. Uh, welcome to the final show of the week. Uh, see if we can go out on a good note. S&P futures trading up 61 handles here at 20, wake at 62 at 24.51. Had a little bit of a sell-off overnight. Pre-market low, 23.30 and a quarter. Nice rebound up to 24.99. Uh, really Looking mid-range, maybe if we get down to 24.15 today, a possible support level, and uh, love to see us take out that pre-market high, 24.99. Not sure what we have above that, and not sure where our limit up will come in either. I'll have to do calculations on that. Uh, crude, uh, continuing on some gains from yesterday, up 3.2% at 26.75. That's 84 cents. Gold getting a little bit of a rebound, up $27.60 at $1,506.60. Silver playing some catch up too, up 4.71% at $12.705. And nice little rally here by Bitcoin. Now in the $600 handle, up $410 at $6,650. We're going to bring in Triple D here. Wait, wait, and wait, wait, wait. Before we do, before we do, uh, is Bitcoin like the sentiment leader here? Because it feels like Bitcoin, uh, we talked about that, how we couldn't catch a bid last week. And the past two days, Bitcoin has rallied. It seems like highly correlated to the rest of the market. But is Bitcoin the sentiment leader here? When Bitcoin goes up, the market goes up. I don't know. Uh, it's been tough. Hey, Triple D, how you doing? Uh, he is uh, on mute. And there he is. I'm here. Okay. I just had to go away for two minutes here. Quick bathroom break. Sorry, guys. It's been one of those days. <laughs> we might as well before tell we the go, whole before world. We get, before you start your first rant, can we go over Spencer's signs here? I know. Uh, tell us about these signs, Mr. Israel, because you've got, you got two sure. new ones every day, and you guys are has somebody has very neat writing. <laughs> <laughs> not, not me. <laughs> I'll tell you Very that. neat writing. Um, which sign do you want to know about? That one? I, I, wait, that, that well, we one? know what the Ackman bottom that is. One? That one? Now funding uh, I, secured. We've got Tesla. Yeah. Tesla made the list. Well, no, it's, it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm taking the Dow Jones industrial average private at 420. So. Oh, um, so if you go all the way down there, Spencer's going to. Yep. If it goes down there, I, I will take a private at 420. We got the Spencer put. <laughs> yep, exactly. The Spencer put. This is a pretty important indicator. I would watch this day since last trading halt. We are now up to two. Okay. So let's keep seeing this number go up here. What about on the upside? Is that just, just halts in general? Like if we have an upside halt, does that? Oh yeah, we don't. Well, we have one in the. Uh, we were we were limiting up in in the Nasdaq uh, futures, I think, there for for a few minutes. So I hadn't thought about that honestly. <laughs> so are we going to get a new side every single day? Is this what's happening yeah. here? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. So we're, we'll yeah. have to see what we're going to get next week. Do we get two? Yeah. Do we get three new signs on Monday because we'd have Saturday signs Sunday, or is it only business no. days? No, just business days. Only business days. Were you an art major? Oh, this is, I'm an ideas man. This is just my idea. Execution is somebody else's problem. Uh, do you have uh, Ariel do the, the write-about yeah. for you? 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All yes, right, I Triple do. D. What are you seeing out there on this quad wish? Up, up, up is the name of the game. We are up, Scott. You know what? Are they pumping them for the quad? Sure. I mean, who could have predicted this, that uh, we would have a reversal on quad wish expiration? I mean, so unpredictable. I, I just, <laughs> I'm so surprised. They're pumping them into the quad witch. So, okay, explain quad witch for the new listeners because we have some new ones now, people tuning in. What is the quad witch? Okay, it's the expiration of futures. Okay. Um, yep. It's the expiration of options on futures. Okay, it's, uh, uh, or it's the expiration on options on indexes. It's the expirations on options on stocks. And single stock futures. I don't know. Is anybody trading those anymore? I don't know anymore? if anybody still trades single stock futures. And that's why it was so annoying. We used to always call it triple witch. And then yeah. they came out with the single stock futures. And then they call it quadruple witch. Which I don't know how many people trade those single stock futures anyway. So we've on this show multiple times saying we aren't calling it quad witch. We're calling it triple witch. Even though we seem to keep calling it quad witch. So yes. triple witch. So triple witch. So what happens is you have a lot of institutions, big money, having options expire here on this Friday, and they'll probably be jockeying the stock against those open option positions, different hedging tactics. What that means is on the close, you can get some crazy moves as you obviously have, you know, push, you know, into the money, push out of the money, lots of market maker action happening there as well, pinning action, all kinds of different things. So all you need to know as an individual investor is volatility is usually escalated on the open and on the close on these days. Yeah, and, the volatility is uh, already high, anyways. But maybe yeah. we're going to get even more volatility. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I don't know if I can. And um, and I I started, and I've been doing this um on the show, uh, you know, for a long time. And I talked about the rollover, right? And that that actually takes place on the Wednesday preceding the triple witch. And that just means that they're they're rolling over the futures contracts. That means if you're long June, you have to sell June and buy March. If you're short June, you have to buy June and sell March. So there's a lot of, you know, I don't know if I got that right, but you need to do the opposite of what you're doing if you want to roll over that contract and keep the same position. So what that does is that creates little vacuums in the market. So we had some vacuums anyways, but I definitely think that the volatility, I mean, we would have had the volatility anyways, but I think this week, you had the rollover last week and there were more gaps in the market. What I thought this week, you know, you can say what you want, but I, I think it's been an orderly market. You know, very, I, yeah, very. yep, yep. I mean, it's been volatile, um, but orderly. I mean, the, the, the market's performed very, very well. So if you're just coming and you're looking here and saying, you know, oh, wow, this is all market structure issues. It's not the case at all. The, the sell-offs, we didn't need any of those halts even that we've seen. It's not like the market's all over the place and we don't know. The market's all over the place because there's people who have bullish scenarios, people who have bearish scenarios, and people yeah. are basically placing their bets. It's all over the place because we have no bids. We've had bids the whole way down. It's been an orderly sell-off. We haven't seen like you know, May 6, 2010 flash crash style that there's nobody bidding for stocks. That has not been the case at all. So it's important to recognize and maybe give props like we already have a, a week ago to the exchanges because it, the markets have performed very, very well. Very resilient under this, even and though can, nobody likes the prices that they're pricing at. And um, I could give you a, like a great example. I can't remember what day it was where we hit a limit down and we halted. It was, I think this was on Wednesday. And I think the limit down was 42.50. And it was around noon and we were, we were waiting for a reopen. And actually we only opened like five or six handles lower. And if you would have had an order out there, I think you might've been able to reshort where the, the limit down, the previous limit down was. So, um, you know, a lot of things, a lot of different things going on there. I mean, as much as you think that, you know, the markets are crazy. It, I mean, you can't get executions off. You just, you got to be out there. If you're not out there, you're not going to get done. Well, and that's you, it. You know, you get your orders out there now and you're getting done. So if you want to buy a stock and you got a price on it, throw your order out there because who knows, you might get done. So, and what we mean by done is you might get filled. So you just throw it, you know, you say, I would buy this stock if it came down to this price. Well, get your order out there because you never know. The prices are moving around 10% a day. You just might get done. 
So. All right. So, Spencer, let's uh, 8-11 here, general talk here about the markets. And uh, we're going to have a normal show here on Friday. Lead the way. Let's start with some of these consumer staples names that we've been talking about. And we, we touched on this briefly on the the pre-market prep at the close show yesterday with, with Chris Temple, but uh, Dennis was not with us for that. So uh, Dennis, you observed what we did, which was a lot of these consumer staples names. Yesterday was just a weird day. Tech led the rally and yeah. staple, staples didn't. It was, it, yeah. it was a reverse from what we've seen. Yes. It was a reversal day altogether, and you saw the leaders become laggards and the laggards become leaders. And, you know, we've been talking about the stocks that have been leading, and what's been leading is like Walmart making a new all-time high two days ago. General Mills, Kellogg's, G, you know, all these stocks were very close to 52-week highs. That trade came off hard yesterday. All of those stocks were down substantially. Campbell's Soup, it three days ago, made a new 52-week high. Boom, it's getting close right down to the lows of the move talking about a 20% fall for Campbell's Soup from the highs in three days. That's why chasing these food stocks never made any sense in the first place, because if you really think about it, when we come out of this thing, which we're going to come out, those earnings are going to normalize once again. Right now, they're getting a little boost, you know, but really, if you think about it too, like Walmart sales, yes, Walmart sales are going up right now, but people are anticipating that they're not going to be buying as much stuff a month from now at Walmart because they won't be physically going to the store. So they're worried about getting quarantined and they're stocking up now. You know, when we come out of this, think about it. Everybody's got canned foods now in their home. So even if we come out of this in the next few weeks, doesn't mean you're going to go buy more canned foods when you get to the grocery store. You're going to be using the canned foods you got for the next six months. So this, it's, it's, you know, whatever sales are getting now, they're just getting pushed forward. It's not like they're just getting bonus sales. The sales that they were just getting, the, the people were going to buy over the next six months, they just bought it all at once. So it was silly to chase these stocks. We've been talking about that and people, people were doing it and it was a gift. So if you sold in those rallies, congratulations. I would still be a seller in those rallies on those stocks. Even Blue Apron yesterday, delivery service. And we talked about this and I said yesterday on the show, I said, this is a hot potato. And when this thing ends, it's going to end ugly. I didn't anticipate ending immediately, but it did. It <laughs> ran up to 28.84 yesterday and then gave it all back and plus some. So, you know, the story on this is probably over to this trade. But really, when it comes down to it, you know, a, you know stocks are stocks that. here. And you're, if you're chasing some of these, you know, thinking, oh, this is the coronavirus, the way to play it. I mean, if it gets ugly enough, like I've said, they'll start selling everything. And uh, also, you know, um, what if there's just a quick resolution to this, which, you know, is not on the horizon anytime soon, but, you know, are people going to... Cure. Cure is the resolution. Well, but, but are people going to return all their stuff to Costco and Walmart if, if that happens? No, I, mean, I don't think so. I think they'll just slowly use it, but the sales will go down, Joel. For the sure. sales won't be, you know, these crazy, you're not going to see these crazy, these crazy sales are happening right now because people are stocking up. So all the sales, you know, when they smoothed it over, you're going to see a huge drop in their sales coming up soon because one, people, you know, Costco, people aren't going to be going to the Costco stores as much, especially once they're in lockdown. I mean, let's talk about that. California now is in full lockdown. We know this is coming. Like it's on, the writing is on the wall. It's going to, they're going to lock this, lock everything down. And then people aren't going to be going to the Costco's nearly as much. People won't be going outside as much. People are stocking up now so they don't have to buy stuff later. I agree. I mean, I agree. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure what is going to – what's going to be the tipping point to, you know, for that to happen. I, I do not know. I do not know on this at this point. But um, we'll see. Maybe over the weekend, big rally in the market today. Who knows? But so far, so far, the market is telling you that we found a bottom. And we are now – 200 points off that double bottom from yep. uh, Wednesday and Thursday. So we, we tested it. Say, we held. Yep. Yep. I mean, if we, you know, we can say what we want, you know, about our long-term theses, both uh, bullish and bearish, but the market is telling you that there's a double bottom there. If it goes, you know, go down there again, I can't tell you what's going to happen, but for now, that's what the situation is. And, uh, Let's see. Let's see. I mean, people are very hyped out about, you know, all the, the, the money going into the economies and stuff, but uh, it is what it is. And we're, at, uh, we're up 2% here, roughly 2%. Love to see us take out that pre-market high. Love to see us close over 2,500. Uh, once again, extra volatility today, uh, both on the long side and the short. I mean, it's just, it's a quad win. So we're going to get a, 
of some really crazy movements. And you're going to see big movements and the imbalances we're going to look at. They're mixed right now. Obviously, they're going to probably skew to the downside if we stay up. Again, people are asking about the SPY. Uh, if you're looking at SPY, it is ex-dividend here today. Correct. So the close, the official close on SPY was uh, two. Well, now it's adjusted. It, it, it closed yesterday at 240.51. The adjusted close is 239.10. So you've got to adjust it down. So we're actually, we're still trading up 2% here. But yep. you've got to adjust for that for that close there. But in any regard, I'm looking at SPY up 2%. And I'm looking, what stocks are only up 2%? I mean, I'm looking across the board, and their stock's up 4 or 5%, 6%. Visa's up 3.28%. MasterCard's up 3.5%. Apple's trading up 2.6%. Uh, even Procter & Gamble's up 2.18%, which is supposed to be more defensive and not going up as much as the market. IBM up 3.4%. I don't know what is only up. 1.88% right now. That's what the market spy is telling me here. Uh, but a lot of stocks are a lot higher than that. So one of two things has got to happen. The stock's got to come in a little bit, or the spy's got to go up more. So, and I tend to think maybe they're going to start buying the spy up more here. Um, but right now we are not in line really when I'm just ballparking, looking at the stocks versus the index. And uh, boy, the imbalances, huh? I mean, you can't bite on those initial ones, huh? I mean, they're going to no, come out. No, the imbalances are flip. big. You can't look at the imbalances. Like, I can look at Chevron right now. It has 225000 to sell. So you're like, whoa, Chevron's going to really go down here at the you open. Never know. That yeah. will adjust. I mean, oil is up here. It's a tie, Although oil has come back in. It's highly doubtful that Chevron is going to, you know, open way down here on this day, at least right now. So, you know, and then you've got other ones like, you know, Bank of America, 523000 to buy. You've got, you know... DuPont, 125000 to buy. So they're big buys, but there's some sells too. It's early yet. You're going to see these numbers fly around because there's big money going to come in here at the open to push these prices around. And one so, thing that uh, I was looking at this morning is what, one of the things I'm, ha I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around is all these numbers we're getting, they're predictable, and yet they're also unbelievable. For example, we got some Macau data today. And Macau uh, revenue for February was down 95%. And we knew that. They were close. Right. It's not a surprise, but it's, it's unbelievable. We will never see those numbers ever again. No. Unbelievable. I mean, this is what, you know, the Ackman was talking about. It's one thing for, you know, revenue to fall 5 or 10%. It's another thing for it to fall 100%. I mean, when you have zero revenue coming in, it's the airlines yesterday. And we're going to get Frank Holmes coming on here to talk about this, which is important, at 835 but the airlines are asking for a bailout. And I watched that video with, um, on CNBC yesterday with somebody's representing all the airlines. I forget what the gentleman's name was, but he was just talking about, they need money now. He's like, they're flying, you know, these airlines are flying. He says the break even in the airline industry is flying at 65% capacity. So if the plane's 70% full, they're making money. If it's 60% full, they're losing money. He's saying in some cases, they're flying at 10% capacity. He's like, he's, I was on a plane the other day. So there was four people on it. So, you know, this is another reason why they should get everybody home and they should shut it down, shut down the airlines for a bit too, because they're not even covering their variable costs at these prices. They're literally just burning, burning money up in jet fuel because you're not even covering the jet fuel when you got four people flying on that plane. They need to figure it out, less flights, you know, start figuring that stuff out. But first, before you ask for a bailout, you got to cut all your dividends. I mean, any company that's asking for a bailout should not have any dividend at all. All the dividends should be suspended. Southwest Air, American Airlines, Boeing, absolutely. I mean, there's no way in the world you can ask for money and then be paying a dividend still. So until they start, you know, getting serious and cut the dividend, suspend the dividends indefinitely, that's where, and I would say, you know, you go as far as, you know, if I was the government, I'd say, you're not paying out any dividends to shareholders until you pay us back. So, you know, so you see an 8% dividend on Boeing, you can forget about that. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about the show as Boeing, you know, potentially, you know, going a lot lower because when they nationalize it, they're going to take a huge chunk of stock. People are speculating, oh, they could do a convertible or, oh, they could do 10%, take 10%. No, I think they're going to take a lot more than that. In the cases of AIG, they were taking up to 80% or 90% of equity. So in the financial crisis, they're going to take a huge chunk. Boeing needs the money. And they're not going to be able to negotiate this. And if you're the government and the taxpayer, the government is obviously, you know, negotiating on behalf of the taxpayer, I would want a good deal too to bail them out. So I would say first dividends to zero. Secondly, you start cutting, you know, bonuses to execs. You start cutting all that stuff back. And then you start looking at what can we do for you? 
But until they do their own internal measures, like, you know, that's where, you know, it's hard to even negotiate until they start cutting all costs internally that they can't. You know, I think, you know, one thing like people are saying, you know, asking, oh, you know, you're buying long term, you're buying short term or whatever. You know what has been absent so far from this? This is different than financial crisis. Um, Warren stepped in, right? He did the preferreds with the GE. He did preferreds with Goldman Sachs. Um, Later on, he ended up doing um, some preferreds with Bank of America. So, don't follow me. See when Warren steps in here and provides some relief to some of those companies. And then hey, then I'd go with that because that was one thing during the financial crisis. You remember, Dennis. We, oh, yeah. yeah we Warren bought some of those. with General Electric and did that huge convert, like Goldman Sachs too. Yep. I mean, eventually, you know, you will probably see Warren materialize here. And, you know, the stock that he's buying is going to get a huge lift. You know, because that's going to be the confidence booster that hey, Warren believes in this company. So you know, watch your tr- watch your Benzinga Pro, watch your headlines, because when Warren comes into a stock, it's really going to move. We've been seeing quiet; he's sitting on cash, but eventually he will come in. You know that he's licking his chops because he loves you know when the market's down thirty percent, so he can go do his value shopping and do some pretty good deals. So I would not be surprised if we hear from Warren eventually too. But what are your thoughts? Let's go back to the potential market bottom because we talked about it yesterday. And, you know, I was saying on the show, I was like, you know what? You have a setup here when we're at 234 SPY, so 100 points lower. I said, if you want to lean on it, that's your number. That 228 is your line in the sand for SPY. Well, we are up from there and we've held. So that's good news. And like I said, if I didn't believe in such negative news flow coming, because I don't think the news flow is getting better here anytime soon with where we're eventually all going to be under quarantine, maybe an official lockdown. And, you know, the, obviously the cases and the death rate and, then the, and the deaths going up. I think that's all, you know, scary headlines to come, which makes me a little bit hesitant to call a bottom here. But just from a technical basis, throwing all that out the window, it feels a little bit like we you know, have a pretty solid bottom in place at 228 here right now. So uh, we've bounced yeah. off it a couple of times. We're trying to hold up. Um, stocks are cheap. I mean... If we're on pullbacks here, I would say, again, my line in the sand would be 228. I don't want to own stocks below that. But as of right now, you almost got to be a buyer on the pullbacks as long as we're above 228. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I look at things different, like on a a daily basis here. So uh, for me, you know, like looking at this uh, this 2415 area, uh, we did have a dip, but I haven't quite got there yet. Uh, To me, I think... That would probably be the first place, you know, that I would I would take a look. And that's just going on, you know, the mid-range session on the day. Um, you know, of course, you got a lot of risk going back down there. You know, obviously, your close is way down at 24.89. I think I think at this point, instead of getting, like, too numbery and stuff, I think you just got to go with, like, your half and whole numbers, right? So, 2,400, uh, you know, you had a couple closes. Your second lowest close in the move was at 0150. Uh, you had your low close of the move yesterday at 2489. So I think it's important to hold the close above 2400 today, which right now we are poised to do. Who to know what's going to happen? Um, on the upside, you hit 2499 uh, in the overnight session before you had the retreat. So I think settling back over 2500 would, you know, at least give me a little bit more vote of confidence uh, between 2400 and 2500. You know, you're throwing darts here. Uh, but, um, you know, that's what I, I'm looking at things. It's so hard to just concentrate on, like, the daily highs and lows when there's so much volatility. But, you know, let's start improving on the closing price. And uh, uh, 24.56 would be my hurdle. Uh, that's uh, the fourth lowest close of the move so far. And the fifth lowest close of the move would be 24.85 and a half. And I believe we had that uh on tuesday so there's a couple hurdles here to look at um long term what's going to happen during the next global crisis in a decade or whatever that is when warren's not around to bail us out again huh well you hope the fed's gonna dig the hole deeper that's all we're gonna do i guess digging we pray printing money we keep printing money i mean what are we now 22 trillion or something us 22 trillion in debt is that where's the official debt clock this is going to just this official debt clock is going to just, you know, go up crazy in this one. Official debt clock, bringing it up. Uh, don't bring, don't, don't. Twenty-three point three trillion as of February twenty twenty. I mean, it's not a, obscene to think that we're going to go to thirty trillion on this. 
it, it's not obscene to think, you know, there's going to be a lot of money that has to be thrown at this problem. So, you know, when we finally get out of this, there's going to be a lot more debt there happening. I mean, you just keep digging. This is numbers now. I mean, there's no way to ever pay that back. So I guess you just keep digging the hole deeper, Spencer. So the next, <laughs> the next crisis, we'll just continue to dig the hole deeper because there's no other way out. If we keep digging a hole deeper, maybe eventually we'll get to China. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get to China. Oh, maybe eventually guys. we'll get to China. <laughs> Dennis, 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 Dennis. What am I going to do with you? I tell him that's that uh, we're digging outside. Keep digging your hole in his sandbox. And you keep digging low enough. Eventually, get some Chinese food down there. <laughs> All right, um, oh, we need to take a break. Oh, we can't right. take a break. No, we're not taking a break. No, no. Uh, one thing I wanted to discuss. We've talked about AT&T a little bit yesterday, but uh, I saw some stats out of Verizon uh, this morning just to give you an idea of, of how uh, impervious to disruption these businesses are. Uh, Verizon streaming demand increased 12% on a week-over-week basis this week to last week. Web traffic climbed 20%. VPN usage up 30%. Gaming usage up 70 five percent week over week at&t comcast verizon comcast is a little bit more diversified but yeah uh but those first two i mean as long as people as long as we have power those two those three really are impervious to disruption to an extent these the stocks have held up very well too and rightfully so i mean if you look at all the stocks that have nice dividends out there AT&T and Verizon, their businesses are barely being touched on this. You know, you think about businesses, you know, everything is getting hit on this. And then you think about your cable providers, cell phone providers, those things are not getting touched at all in this crisis. So uh, again, uh, you know, maybe on AT&T, you know, getting down to $30 yesterday at a dividend of almost 7%, 6.59%, maybe those are the kind of stocks that you do want to buy in this. Because I think, you know, even if we get into a credit crunch here, I mean, yes, these companies have a lot of debt, but their businesses aren't being impacted. We're having so a can... whoosh down here. Do we have some more negative news? <laughs> I know out we're, here? we're down about since we started the show. We're yeah, down about yeah, twenty-five this... handles here. Well, give me news, me news, me. There's some news out here. This is a news move. This is not a move for normal people here. Eh, it can be. I mean, yeah. we are on Quad Witch, so we're going to see some funny things happen here. But you're right, Joel. I mean, these are big moves we keep seeing in these stocks here. It's incredible. You know, just just watching the markets how quickly you know the markets go up and how quickly they give back gains i mean we're even during the day you know the volatility is just it's incredible is there something on boeing out there no no boeing's no still boeing? trading the green i i honestly joel it's just so volatile we're so yeah, used to seeing yeah. markets yeah. that you know when you see a 30 point drop you're nothing. like oh what's the news this is just this market right now it can drop 30 points on nothing so, and we're on quad witch, so you're going to see more volatility. So I'd expect volatility to continue to be escalated, especially into this open. It's going to be a wild open, folks. If you want to buy or sell stocks here at ridiculous prices, you might see some of them in the, in, at the open here. I mean, I got, you know, a stock just for example, and this isn't going to happen. But right now, you know where Johnson & Johnson's indicated open is? I have all the indications here always that are coming continuously. Guess where J&J is indicated open? 140. 150 bucks. That's sold, the indicated open as of right now. That's sold, never going to happen because let me so, explain to you how these know, work. So they advertise out there right now, if we were to open at this moment in time, we would open at 150. So what happens is people like me say, I'll sell short at 150. So I'll go 145 and other guys go 140, 130. And then the, the price comes back down. That's the way the markets work, you know, from a floor trader perspective is you see, you know, these indications happen. It's like, well, it's going to open way up there. I'll short it up there. I'll provide liquidity to that. So it doesn't open that high. So then you have other stocks like Home Depot that have a sell and bounce morning. It's indicated open at 131. It's 161. So, I mean, these are not going to open here, but that's how wild the indications are here right now at the open because the imbalances are very big. Again, we're an hour. The books are going to fill up. It's going to get thicker, and stocks aren't going to open up that crazy. But don't be surprised if you see a stock you own open up 6 7%. You know, maybe it's a good out for you. Maybe you want it out. So it's always a good idea. If you want a price, these are the kind of days that you might get your price. So, yeah. you know, if you're 10% away from the current price, you're probably not going to get it, depending on stock. But, you know, on a stock like Johnson Johnson, it can open up 3 4% on a day like this. It can open down 3 or 4% on a day like this. That can happen. So did you catch up. a Lily trade on the last quad witch? Yeah, yeah, I did. So was Lily it? was indicated um, to open up, like, I think it was like 7 bucks on a nothing-doing day. And I got shorted up $7 and I literally was in the trade for 10 seconds and I covered it down six. 
So I made six points in 10 seconds on that quadruple witch on, on Eli Lilly. So, I mean, there's opportunities for liquidity providers on these days. So a liquidity provider, meaning you're throwing out a passive order and just yep. you know, cushioning the blow. So I see J&J going to open up 150. I'll sell 140. I'll sell short 140. I'll sell short 135. And, and you go like that. And that's, you know, because in, 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 in all honesty, it's unlikely that J&J is going to open up much more than three or four bucks. It's never going to open up a 150. They're, they're, the, the people will come in to provide liquidity so it doesn't open that high. But just understand how the mechanics work. And on this day, there's a lot of big orders out there and people are spooked a little bit. So there's be less, a little bit less liquidity than normal. So you could see a wild open on some stocks. And at the close, you could see a wild close on yep. some stocks too. So throw your orders out there. And if you want a price, this is the kind of day that you might get it. Yeah, yeah, outrageous price. I think uh, maybe one uh, end result of this is going to be is like I may take up like uh, what's that game that everyone plays with uh, Fortnite or something like that. Fortnite, Acti- yeah, Fortnite with Activision. Drake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't played Drake in a while. I've been kind of busy, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I beat him a couple of times. He's kind of mean about it. But uh, anyways, we got a few minutes before our guest coming up, Frank Holmes, the creator of the Jets ETF. He's also been a gold bug for a while. Uh, Gold's been uh, not the performing asset that you want here in these kind of times. But Frank's coming on in a few minutes. Spencer, you got some other stocks that we wanted to talk about. Well, in the chat, they brought up a couple uh, tickers that are interesting, and I'm, I'm not sure why. They asked, why is Disney up? Why is MGM up this morning? And Disney kind of gave some of it back. I don't know if it's still up. Uh, it is. Still up They're a buck fifty. They're just up with the overall market. Yeah. Disney had 80 bucks. In normal markets, in normal markets, like a normal world where we don't have coronavirus shutting down parks, $80 was a steal on Disney and normal. Like I already said, if it got up under a hundred, I'd back up the truck and load up. I did not buy any because we are not in normal markets. And I don't know how this thing, you know, plays out here yet. So like I said, I've been very cautious with buying anything for the long-term portfolio, but really you think about all the Disney, eventually it's going to, they're going to come out of this. I don't think Disney's going to need a bailout. Um, like I haven't sat down and looked at their balance sheet, but I don't think that's the case. I mean, the parks are closed for a bit, but you know, the revenues are definitely falling here right now, but this isn't like, you know, a company that was burning cash. It was a company that was firing on all cylinders here as, as, as less you know, a month ago. So it's a good company. So kind of stock that I definitely want in my long-term portfolio. Definitely. I'm going to put it in there at some point in time here. I love it under a hundred dollars, but again, I think you're early. I just don't know the news flow. I don't know. We were talking about a tradable bottom at 228, but it's a tradable bottom. Is it an investable bottom? I'm not sure of that yet. So I'll trade it off of those levels. I'll trade, you know, the SPY, buy pullbacks here into the 230s on SPYs right now because I think there's a tradable bottom there, but I will stop myself out below 228. From an investing uh... standpoint, it's different. We just, uh, on that little dipsy doodle there, we went to 2408 and uh, we're attempting to rebound here. So that's, uh, we did get through that mid range on the session. We have a real hard time holding gains. Yep. Real hard time holding any gains. I mean, we've seen this again and again and again. And it's very concerning that this market, you know, just cannot hold a gain. But again, the news flow, you just got to think logic wins here. And we're going to bring Frank on here now. But logic, you know, has been winning to trading for a long time here it's the reason that you know i went and, and obviously just using logic you know people use technicals all they want but logic worked in this scenario because if you saw the wuhan thing coming people say well, how could you see that thing coming i mean you had a month and a half that you saw this thing coming and the, the markets were making all-time highs and i couldn't believe it so let's get frank on here let's talk to you uh, joining us to just a second not on with us just yet so give it about one minute or so okay so i'm just saying there was, you can't say you didn't see this thing coming. We were yelling about this thing on pre-market prep for a month. And it went against the, like I was, you know, buying puts and like me and Joel were saying we were buying puts and it, it took a long time to materialize. It took a month longer to hit the markets than I thought it would. Eventually it did. And eventually it all came to roost. So logic won. it was just the timing of it. That was, you know, difficult to time because it didn't implode right away. People really believed the market really believed that it wasn't going to come here, the virus. It didn't make any sense for the market to be saying that because everything said that with airplanes, it's probably already here. But with that being said, you know, people were saying, how can you use, you know, logic to trade the markets? Logic won in this case. Logic would have had you selling stocks like crazy back in early February, late January. It had me selling in early and late January, early February. 
no, now logic, it's hard because, you know, how far are we, where are we in the cycle? Are we in the second inning of this thing? Are we in the sixth inning of this thing? Are we going to get a cure tomorrow and be in the ninth inning of this thing? I mean, there's a lot of, of variables here now. So it doesn't become as easy to say, okay, yeah, we're going to buy out this 228 and we're going to make a killing when the markets come back here because we don't know where the fatality rate's going. We don't even know really what the real fatality rate is. Some people say 1%, who was saying it's 3.5%. We don't know how many people are going to get infected. We don't know how well the quarantines are going to do. There's so many unknowns. And that's why it's a real battleground between the bulls and the bears here right now. Yeah, and, uh, you know, also the, these moves, you know, taking place overnight here. I mean, 23.30 and a quarter, I think people probably hit it on the uh, California shutdown. And then uh, I woke up at 5, and I'm like, what? We're up 100. And I'm like, 24.99. I had to, like, rub my eyes there to see, you know, where we were at. So uh, big extreme moves and uh, a lot of it taken care of overnight. So, um <laughs> If you don't need to sleep, it's probably a, a lot of opportunity out there. Uh, so as we're waiting for Frank, uh, do we want to do anything? Here, you know what? I, I think we may have Frank with us here. Excellent. Uh, let me see. Frank. Can you uh, hear me? Yes, Frank Holmes. Good morning. How are you doing? How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. Um, Frank, it's, it's, we've been trying to get you on actually for a few weeks, and the, and the timing is actually working out here. But you are – uh, in a bit of an interesting uh, situation here now, we've got uh, US, you're the CEO and CIO of U.S. Funds, and you guys are the proprietors of the Jets ETF and the Go Gold ETF. So, right in the right in the the crosshairs of all this here. So, uh, how have you been approaching these past few weeks? Well, what's been phenomenal for me is to see in the past two weeks the amount of new money coming into the Jets ETF. Uh, probably close to $200 million has come into it as it has fallen. Uh, and so I, a lot of people are, are following, a, a, I'm told, a Warren Buffett model of buying deep value. Uh, the, you need to have airlines for the economy to rebound. Uh, there were 2 million people a day flying. Uh, there are about 9% of jobs are related to the airline industry in the country. Uh, and so with that, uh, people are doing are buying it, uh, and that's to me is a phenomenal, contrarian thought process. Uh, Frank, uh, we've been talking about you know bailouts, obviously being something that's on the table here. Uh, government probably can't bail everyone out, so they'd have to pick and choose. Uh, which companies are in the best cash position right now? Well, I think that that's a that's a jump ball uh, when you take a look at uh, how fast they're cutting and and they're and lots of pushback by unions. Uh, the flight attendant unions are upset about it, but the issue is they're going to make cuts, and then and seventy five percent of all international flights have been cut, uh, and and I think that you just see a massive contraction, much more like nine eleven, um, and uh, and I think that. All the major airlines will survive, uh, just like they did after 9-11. The government will come in, and they're just much more clever in recognizing they have to support this industry to turn around the economy. Do you support like a, a full shutdown of, uh, of the skies temporarily in order to help you know, stop this thing? Uh, no. I, I think that uh, there has to be a certain amount of flights that are, that are available. Um, they're just, just what it is. I think they're going to change how they measure people. So I think one of the things you're going to see are these infrared guns that they use for body temperature. So they're going to take your temperature. And as you uh, try to go into the airport, you're going to say, turn you away. They're going to basically, I've seen this in San Antonio uh, where I'm based. And, and what you're seeing is that the schools all want to have this for students coming in. Uh, we're seeing this uh, at, um, uh, at daycare today that they're taking the temperature of parents. Uh, and, and so there's going to be new screening processes, new technology to see if you have a temperature or you yeah. have a cough yeah. that you won't yeah. be able to go to work. But you got to, I mean, this is a really scary time for the airlines, is it not? I mean, uh what do you say to people like us or, or any, anybody out there who maybe wanted to invest in the airlines a month or two ago, but is just outright terrified now? 
Yeah, I, I think that uh, it will it will always survives. It just does because because everyone knows that you need to have airlines. I think years ago, Southwest Airlines, when it was growing, which had these billboard ads that showed that business jumped by three hundred percent because they were landing in your small city, uh, and, and 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 it's just well, it's just so evident. So I think we're going through this um, uh, difficult time. The, many of the airlines have fallen over 60%, uh, and I think they'll, they'll find their rebound. How fast this takes place is the biggest issue. So as, as the virus peaked next week, next month, uh, how fast it can peak and then start trending down will be that pivot point for the airlines. And they can surge 20%, they can fall 20% in a day. That's just the reality. It reminds me much more of, uh, the uh, crypto world. The crypto world has this incredible volatility and the airlines are taking that on. But remember now, the price of oil is falling. So there's a big cushion for them. Uh, and I think the other fact is that the US airlines is very different. We're about 25% of the world's revenue, but we're 75% of the world's profit margins. Now those profit margins are leaving here, but in Europe, they're gonna go bankrupt. And the government will have to find some way to restructure them all, refloat them. But I think that uh, we survive, and I think we have a different mindset towards them. We're on the line uh, with Frank Holmes, the creator of the Jets ETF, a longtime investor in the markets. That's, I mean, I was thinking, too, about the, you know, the haircut and oil and that contributed, you know, a possible bonus for the airlines. But, I mean, it's, you know, like how much is, you know, the jet fuel part of their, you know, their overall expenses? Biggest component uh, by far. It is uh, – uh, number one, and then number two are salaries. Uh, so I, I think that uh, the price of oil or rebooting this will be a, a big benefit factor. For Now, remember, they used to have charge incredible ancillary fees for everything, uh, especially the U.S. on a relative basis. And uh, those are being removed to a certain degree. Uh, but we're, the, the, this industry has a moat around it, and it's just a vital part of the economy coming back. And that's what I, my theme has been. On the other hand, you know, the, uh, the gold, gold stocks have also sold down. And, and they've sold down because bullion has become a source of liquidity for the fearful trade. And with Ray Dalio unwinding $100 billion last week, because he's sitting in this market, uh, you're seeing sort of uh, un, unfettered to uh, selling. Now, what's happened before this has taken place in 08, is gold at the beginning got sold down as a source of panic liquidity, and then it starts to march back. And I think you're going to see that happen again. I know the gold stocks this quarter will have a great quarter in revenue and earnings and cash flow compared to the last quarter. And the year-over-year -year numbers are going to be phenomenal. And the three-year numbers are going to be beating the S&P 500. So I think quality gold stocks are going to shine like they did in 2008-9. Uh, one more about airlines, and then, and, then, and then we can go back to gold. But uh, do you know about the practice of uh, airports requiring uh, airlines to fly planes, even if they're empty? Uh, I've got someone in the chat saying that he's observed or he's heard that this is a thing that airports do. In order to save slots, they'll require the planes to fly, even if there's no one on the, on the flight. Can you, can you confirm that? I can't confirm that. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I know that each city has its own special deals with the airlines and uh and they could be for emergency there could be like san antonio has uh, specific flights to washington um that th those non-stop direct flights came when nsa was building a huge facility here so we have to have uh, connections between these two cities and and then going back to gold here i mean how concerned are you that that gold it it, it is sold off with every other asset under the sun well, that's always happened when, when you have a liquidity fear crisis, and then it starts to march back. Um, nice thing to share with you is that gold, silver, and copper, uh, uh, the, the uh, virus can't attach to it. So uh, you're seeing silver coins, physical silver coins are sold out everywhere. I, uh, haven't, and, I haven't heard that. But, and, and the okay. future prices, but the futures market for silver is down. The futures prices for gold is down, but physical gold and silver 
it's a huge bifurcation taking place. How much of a deal? I got some silver coins. Is that is that really true, Frank? Can I dump silver I, I, at a premium to where the silver price is trading at? Yeah, you got to see what a silver dealer will give you. But they are mm -hmm. trading at uh, they're trading at higher prices. You can't huh. buy them. Uh, Go, go try to see if you can get physical uh, I got If you know anybody that wants them, I, I'll sell some to them. But, but Frank, what about some of these, these gold miners that are just levered up, you know, to their eyeballs in debt here? I mean, we've seen... Well, a lot of them, a lot of them are not levered up. That's the interesting part. Uh, if you take Franklin about it, which is a royalty business, um, you know, they, they have 90% gross margins. Uh, they have no debt. So uh, I, I think that uh, Newmont has some debt to it. Barrick has some debt. But what you're seeing is that over the past three years, both Newmont and Barrick have, have cut back, sold operations to lower their debt level. Uh, they have very high profit margins still. Gold at 1500 1600 1400 uh, A lot of these guys are mining at $900 an ounce all in. Uh, and the other part that's interesting is that there is peak gold. There's been basically no new supply coming on stream unless it's being recycled. Uh, but gold, the supply from mines is shrinking. So the expectations are that there's going to be lots of M&A work in the next half of the year. So just to be clear here, uh, your bullish gold and airlines here going forward right now? What I'm trying to share with you is that deep value investors, the guys like Warren Buffett, to deploy their cash is always in a crisis. He can never get big positions without paying big premiums. So he announced a couple, 10 days ago that he increases exposure to stocks like Delta um, and he could be buying more and, it, it, and you have to just wait till the filings take place. But I, I think that, yes, I think there's deep value. If you are that contrary deep value investor, just is a great play. Uh, two is that the gold stocks um, especially the higher quality, high margin mines, uh, they're going to be reporting great results and going forward. And if you want to really get tough during the depression, the best performing sector were gold stocks. You probably have to have a high pain tolerance too, because uh, these uh, deep value has not been the trade for a while. So um I would just caution any, any devalued investor. The, we've been watching the growth growth stocks ride, drive this market higher. Devalue is uh, – we'll see if we can rotate back in there. But uh, uh, it, it, it's been tough. You have to have a high tolerance for pain uh, to do that. Frank Holmes is the CEO and CIO of U.S. Global Investors, also the proprietors of the Jets and the Go Gold ETF. Uh, Frank, thanks for the time today, and uh, be safe out there or in your house. I guess. Thank you. Thank you. And I had one last thing. Go AU yeah. is that a lot less volatility than the GDX. Yeah. I mean, it goes up and down 6%. The GDXJ can go up and down 25%. So there's a huge difference. Uh, in, and so we pick only quality gold stocks each quarter uh, and only those that have low debt, high profit margin, high revenue. So you have to become a stock picker here. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Frank. Be safe out there or in there in your house, I guess is the best. No one is leaving their house. Yeah. I mean, I, to, to Frank's point, if you're a devalued investor, yeah, this is a place to look, but that requires a very high tolerance for pain because you could be wrong for a very long time. So just keep that in mind. Thanks, Frank. Um, I, I mean, I, just speaking from personal experience, and I don't know if he's listening to this, but my dad is interested in the airlines, and I, I, I'm trying to talk him out of it, but I, I don't know if I've done a good job. Um, but I mean, the, the trade, you know, and you know, all respect to Frank, but the, the trade, you know, is really whether they have to, you know, nationalize these things or not. That's really what it is, because they have to come in and bail them out. They're going to get diluted, and they're probably going to go a lot lower. If they can just get a little bit of a loan, a temporary loan, then that's good for shareholders. If somehow, you know, they don't need to fully, you know, get a bailout here. We just need a little more money to get us through the, you know, to cushion the blow here for the next 30 or 60 days. Then these stocks are cheap. I mean, there's no doubt, you know, they're cheap on a relative basis. They could ever get back to their earnings power that they had, you know, just even two months ago. These things are all cheap. The question is, can they survive a global shutdown on their own? We don't know that yet. You know, they're asking for money. So what are the terms going to look like? You know, people say, oh, well, they'll be decent with them. I mean, in this environment, there's going to be no good, you know, you're negotiating from a very hard place. So it's not like they're just going to give you the best deal possible because they want to do the deal. 
they need to do a deal. So, you know, when you look at this case, this was the same thing during the financial crisis, the terms, you know, even with Warren Buffett, when he was coming to Goldman and GE, these were hard deals. They were giving up a lot of money. I mean, the coupons they were giving up, you know, mm-hmm. on, on the GE, wasn't it over 10% at the time? Something like that? Man, the I can't on remember. It, and then there was a convertible option with it. So he's diluting it Looting as well. The company, yep. I, I mean, yep. there's, you know, this is how it's going to be. The negotiation's not going to be nice. So, I mean, that's the thing. So if you believe that they can get by with just a nice little loan, then, you know, they're probably a good buy. I don't believe that. I believe they're going to have to get a serious loan, probably some dilution going to happen. And that's why, you know, that these stocks aren't going to go, these companies aren't going to go out of business, but the stock prices could go lower if there's a serious dilution in any type of, any type of loan for the government. Uh, we just had another brief decline here. Uh, we did breach that 2408, which was uh, the low on the previous bracket. And uh, we just hit 2405.75. We're trying to rebound here. How amazing would it be if we opened up unchanged? After 160. How high were we overnight? 2499. And the spiders were open then too. Let me give you a, a spider. Yeah, give me quote. a spy high. It's got to be close to like uh, 249. 250. 249. 250. 249.99, yeah. I think. To, to, oh, to we're giving back almost the entire. No, no. 250.08. 250.08. We're giving back 100 handles, 90 handles now from the highs. Who says whole numbers don't work? There you go. <laughs> right now, the imbalances, they were really big. They're still big, but they're mixed. And they're mostly to the buy side still, which makes me still think that, you know, we could hold on here. But there's some big sell imbalances here now, too. Goldman Sachs, 146000 to sell. Uh, JP Morgan at 223000 to sell. You're starting to see some sneaky sell imbalances coming here, too. Caterpillar, 138000 to sell. American Express, 146000 to sell. McDonald's, 129000 to sell. 3M, 116000 to sell. Nike, 110000 to sell. Your Home Depot, 144000 to sell. You're seeing some sell imbalances. Now, there's a lot more buys. I mean, GE's got $1.9 million to buy. You got Coca Cola six hundred eleven thousand to buy. You got Pfizer four hundred forty four thousand to buy. You know, but these numbers are a moving target. They're going to keep changing. Yeah. So I would just say, get your price out there if you want. If you want a price, get your order out there. Where's J J and J indicated now? J and J is indicated one thirty three. So it's way <laughs> down from where it was. So one fifty. Oh yeah. Well, you never get that <laughs> yeah. price. That was the indications. We knew they're going to come down, but it's just giving you a feel for where the market's currently at. So we are leaking here fairly substantially, and that is because we are seeing some significant, you know, uh, some of these big buy bounces from earlier are actually getting paired off or they're actually turning into sell bounces. So this is going to be the driver here this morning as these bounces. We get closer to the open, you get a better feel for, you know, what's solid and this is going to open way up or this is going to open way down. But there's going to be some stocks that open too high and there's going to be some stocks that open too low today relative to fair value. And those are going to be opportunities for any efficiency traders like myself. All right. Uh, are we seeing any news here on, uh, on uh, Gilead? No, I was about to bring Gilead up actually. I mean, we know that they are near the front of the pack with regards to uh, COVID uh, treatment or vaccine here. Uh, them and uh, and Roche and INO appear to be the leaders uh, okay. in right now. Uh, at least it's best I can keep track. There are hundred hundreds of companies working on this thing right now. But Gilead, Roche, and INO seem to be the leaders uh, as far as fast tracking drugs. I haven't seen any news on Gilead this morning, but we okay. know that we know that they're on their race. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's why the Gilead chart has held up well. It was a stock that I said I wanted to buy in the 60s. I did buy it, and then I spooked myself out because we were getting ugly there, and it looked like they were selling all stocks. So I wish I would have held on to it because I'd be up substantially in it now. I think I bought it at $66.50. You can see that you know, downtick day there when it got down to 64.41. I sold it later that day uh, for a quick two-point gain because I, I, I talked myself out of it, which was a terrible move. Uh, I just I was like, maybe I don't want to own any stocks. You know, If it's stocks, it's stocks. They're going to start to sell this off too. That's obviously not but the case of Gilead has went up substantially since then. I mean, the drug stocks have held up well. You know, we, we've talked about telecom holding up well. Most of your drug stocks, yes, some of them have been hit, but a lot of them have held up pretty good compared to other stocks. So they've definitely been a source of strength for the indices. Uh, just real quick, that, uh, that BNTX, uh, that one day that ran to 110 in the pre-market trading, I think that might that have been on Wednesday. Yeah, that stock is... Uh, 
coming back down to earth. It hit 105 on that session on Wednesday, and then I uh, just couldn't hold those gains. So you might have had a capitulation high there. Now you have uh, you have some overhead supply that everyone was looking for this thing to go to you know a thousand bucks. So uh, be careful on this one trading down here in the pre-market session. That's BNTX. It's BioNTech. We talked about that. Somebody was asking me about Virtue Financial there yesterday. Yeah. I never got to it. I sold it all. So I'm out. I sold at 20. I've had this for a while, but the volatility play got hot. I sold early. I think I sold around 23 and right in the between 22 between and 20, multiple trades between 22 and 24. Maybe average around like 23 bucks. So, and obviously it went up at over 26. So, but you know, on the way down, I sold the rest of it too. So I held a little bit and then I think I sold the rest of it, maybe around $22. So I'm out. Um, it's getting, a, it's got a nice lift yesterday. I'd be a seller into that rally because I think the, the volatility trade is over here now. Uh, Virtu has probably been doing very well in this environment. There's no doubt about it, but they're still going to be seen, you know, as going forward, you know, where is they're really, you know, their earnings, we're not going to be a VIX 90 forever. So they got a nice little bonus, you know, with yeah, this run up yep, on the VIX. Yep. I, I think so I would that's be what you think. profits on that. That's yeah, what you think. I mean, I, I mean, I have my average, my nine day average trading range, which I'd like to look at the spoos at 194. 194 so you know people that are looking for this market just to rebound and go right back up here you got to bring the vol down you got to calm you got to calm these markets it will down. come in gotta, eventually we might yeah. get another spike up yet but even on the spike ups virtue was starting to sell off at the end so um i i think you know i think you know yesterday was a really nice rally for it maybe get a little bump up to 22 or something today I think I'd be a seller to that rally. That's just my opinion. Obviously, this is all just opinions. We don't know anything. And what are you going to wait until it gets back down 15? I don't think it's getting back 26. I honestly don't what think about, it's going back. What about where would you look to re enter it? Back under 15? Yeah, 16, you know why I should have re entered there when it got down to 17? I should have got back in. 15 to 16 gets yeah. interesting again. Yep. At, at those levels, it gets interesting again. But, you know, the wild card long term, too, is, you know, is if the markets get really ugly, do they put some restrictions on trading? I mean, there's worries about that. Or do they halt the market? I mean, that's really bad for virtue. And then they're not making any money at all. So you got to mm -hmm. think about, you know, some other implications as well. But, but we're, we're giving all this back. This is not good that we've given back this entire gain here this morning. I no, mean, we're going to see some wild opens here in 30 minutes. But this is not good. <laughs> okay, Spencer, it's uh, 8.58 here. Uh, I guess you can look at Unchanged now that we uh, lost um, mid-range on the session. So our low close of the move, 24.89. Uh, bulls better step in there. That's going to be an important level here in today's trading. <laughs> Spencer, we got a minute left. Anything else yeah. you want to cover? Uh, no, I, I, I just wanted to ask Dennis what, what I just what want to trade... say Tom Brady is officially a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Yeah. Uh, wow. Dennis, 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 what trade is on today? I, I, I'm to the fade trade. The fade trade's been on here for a while. You know, when we're up, a, when we're up 100 handles, it's been paying to sell it. When we're down 100 handles, it's still kind of been paying to buy it, although the rips have been yeah. easy to sell. Every, every sale has been a good sale. Every buy is not, but it depends how long you held on for. But the fade trade has been on the whole time. We're yo-yoed all the time. I mean, even if you look at the trade of the spy, if you're chasing moves, you're getting crushed. I mean, we've been up 100, down 100, up. You know, I'm talking S&P handles. Up 100, down 100, up 100, down 100, up 100, down 100. All right, we're up 100, down 150. You're up 100, you know, down 200. I mean, you look at this volatility, and the trade has been the fade trade. Fading moves. The same thing this morning. If you're buying us when we're up 100 handles, you're doing it backwards. As traders, you're doing it backwards right now. We've given it all back once again. So, you know, now we've given it back. Maybe you start to look and say, okay, maybe I get down to these 230s area again. Maybe it's another buying opportunity. I think you just keep trading it. But the fade trade, fading the move, has been the play. All right. Uh, I want to thank everyone in our chats today, both the pre-market prep chat and the chat on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Benzinga TV. You can always catch the podcast of our show uh, on whatever podcast platform of your choosing, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or we watch the show on YouTube. You can always send us an email, premarket at Benzinga.com. Leave us a voicemail, 734-494-0246. Please remember all the information from our show meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. Be safe wherever you are. Be healthy. 
And we'll be back with you at the close. Don't forget, final broadcast of the week will be a closing show at 3.40. And then the full crew with Dennis will be back with you on Monday. Have a good week. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.